Episode of the Bench Mob ENT podcast. The big three are on tonight. We get the fourth member is missing. He's out with KD with an illness. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, debate your mother sends me. Coach Greg, how are you living tonight? I'm good, bro. I'm watching the net struggle in Philadelphia. So I've been better, but I'm good. Otherwise, hey, there's no KD. If KD's there, ain't no struggling happening. That's nobody, facts. Still hate nobody believe it. Nobody believe in the Sixers squad. Miles, smooth operator, Davenport. How you living? I'm doing good. I feel like I, feel like I haven't been on here in a, in a minute, so I'm ready. I'm ready to get to it. Oh, so let's get to it. I want you to rank the quarterbacks that are left in the playoffs. Rank the quarterbacks. And y'all know where I'm headed with this because it was a whole Jalen Hurts conversation and some ah! that was going down in the chat. So for me, 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs. Rank those quarterbacks. Uh, one to four. I'm going to say Mahomes, of course, number one. I'm going to put Purdy number nine. <laughs> crazy. I, ain't, I ain't crazy. Uh, Joe Burrow, number two. Jalen Hurts, number three. And then Purdy, number four. So Jalen Hurts is number three, and then Purdy was last, right? I can't say that I'd be much different. You know, we're not going to get the controversy we're looking for here out of this. I'd say Joe Burrow and Mahomes are interchangeable, in my opinion. I think that would be the difference between me and Miles. I think Joe Burrow is incredible. And if you want on, on any given day, that guy can beat Mahomes head up. So um, I'll put Mahomes up there. I'll, I'll say he's one. Um, but, again, I, I, if you said Joe Burrow's number one to me, I'd have no problem with that. None. Um, at all. So. Okay, you know who one and two are Mahomes and Burrow. Three is has to be three has to be Hurts because the other dude, Purdy, isn't that good. So it's not really that much fun of a conversation to have, right? If you know, it's it's not. But this would be a lot more fun of a conversation if we had a quarterback that was worth a damn in the in in this thing outside of Purdy. You know, but Purdy kind of messes up the conversation for us. So, so yeah, in general, though, you have Joe Burrow. Pat Mahomes in a separate tier from Jalen Hurts. Oh, for sure. They're yeah, light years ahead. Of, they're light years ahead. Light years ahead of, of Hurts. They're, they are light years. And the fact that Miles even looked that way is crazy to me, bro. I don't, are you related to Hurts? Is he your cousin or something? I don't know. Yeah, on my mother's side. <laughs> I believe that shit too. <laughs> I believe it too. That's the crazy part because I'm like, he be riding for Hurts. And Hurts seems like a good dude. He's overcome a lot of adversity. There's a lot to like about him. He, he's, he's made all the right stuff. He says all the right things. It, it's, he's special because the dude was a running back at Alabama. He wasn't no quarterback. That was a running back. At Alabama, yo, don't even, don't even look like that. At Alabama, that dude was a big running back with dreads. That's what he did. That's what he was. He looked like a tight end playing quarterback. And then it all changed when he went to, uh, to Oklahoma. He started to refine his game a bit, right? You could see some flashes. And then the, for year one with the Eagles, it looked like, it didn't look too hot. It didn't look too hot at all when he got out there and played. Um, particularly, remember a four interception game he He played against the Giants. Remember that at MetLife was not pretty. It's one game, but there were multiple games where he didn't look good. All right, this, this, this it's film. And then this year he made he took a big jump and he's playing better football. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I I don't think he's better than Dak. I'm gonna keep it a stack. Uh, people keep saying he's better than Dak. I don't think he's better than Dak. I think people are being very reactionary to about Dak struggling. I don't think it's totally fair. And, I, you know, if I'm defending a Cowboys player, you know it's serious. That's not fair. Like, Dak has 
plenty of prolific games under his belt where he's throwing, showing you, showing you he can make all the throws. Okay, Hurts has not done that. Hurts don't got that resume yet. He has not done that yet. So it's not totally fair to be saying that. And by the way, Hurts is playing on the best football team of either of those guys that either of those guys have played on, right? Like Hurts and the Eagles team is historically good. His, his D-line has 70 sacks in the regular season. They're historically good. He's got receivers everywhere. He's got to great tight end, great receivers, really good running backs, the, the best O-line in football. The best O-line in football, not a hole, not a crack in the O-line, okay? We ain't, Dak, Dak has not played on, on a team that complete. He, his team is really good. It's elite. The Cowboys should be and should be still be playing right now. But they ain't on that level. So I'm just keeping it a stack with you. I think, he's never played, he's never I played think that like this. Like, you're going to really sit here and act like he didn't have C.D. Lamb. He didn't have Amari Cooper. He didn't have Zeke. He didn't have Tony Pollard. He didn't have Michael Gallup as your three. And then you got Schultz as your tight end, and you're gonna say you're gonna sit here and try to make excuses. I don't think excuses. I think I, I, even with even without this case, Dak is the better quarterback. Dak can make all throws. There's more throws on film that he makes than Jalen Hurts does. He's a more precise thrower of the football. He's a better thrower of the football. He throws a better ball. That's just that's just a fact. I'm not. I don't think I'm 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 being, you know. Crazy. And you know, it's funny when I, when I talk about Hurts and I compare him to white quarterbacks, all of a sudden I'm, the, I'm, I'm Uncle Ruckus all of a sudden. So I'll compare him to a black quarterback for you, a guy who's kind of black anyways. And here we are, right? I'm still coming to the same conclusion. He's, he's a better quarterback. He's a better thrower of the football. Like that could still, you can't, how am I crazy for saying that? It's fair. It's a fair I thing. Think, I think they're both same in this regard. Both of them, you're not saying go out there and win the game for me throwing the ball. Flat out. You can I say it my back though. No, I think the Cowboys need to. I think the Cowboys need to take a playbook out of the Eagles. The Eagles have set up mm-hmm. for Jalen Hurts. It's literally hard for him to fail. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, when we look at Dallas, we saw the game, a game that they should have won and they could have won, even despite the two interceptions. Tony Pollard goes down. They have no running back, respectfully. Ezekiel Elliott at this point in his career is a fullback. He's a blocking fullback. That's it. The game that they won, the Eagles ran for like 900 yards. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles put Jalen Hurts in a better position where the Eagles put it to the Eagles know Jalen Hurts, if we have to have him pass 40, 50 times, we're not winning. Meanwhile, Dallas, oh no, let that pass. We want Dak to pass. They, they, for some reason, are ignoring the fact that, no, Dak is not going to go win you a game passing the ball if you don't have a run game. I'm choosing Jalen Hurts, too, over Dak, personally. What does Jalen Hurts do better than Dak besides run? Seriously, that's my thing. That's the, the, what does he do better than, than, than Dak besides run? Like, he doesn't – You haven't seen the throws he's been making this year? And he doesn't have that many turnovers this year. He's not turning the ball. crazy – what throws does he have on film, Miles? What throws is he go making better? When's he threatening the needle? My He's brother in Christ, go look at it, please. Please. <laughs> I'm telling you, you'll see some special throws. He's throwing into tight windows. He's gotten a lot better from last year. Mind you, yes. that was year one in a new system. Because what happened to Doug P? He got fired. So it, he was a rookie his rookie year. Next year, finally thrown into the fire. He's still pretty much a rookie. Because he played like four games for wins when he came in, so it's a little it's a little different. You can't really compare. This is like his second year really in the league, and he's got his team in the AFC NFC Championship game. With I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say, "Oh, he's got a stacked team." But what are you gonna say about Dak? Dak's got weapons galore. The Eagles and the Cowboys are not the same, though. They're not the same. One team is better than the other. The Eagles are better head up. The yeah. Eagles are a better team. Yeah. The Eagles are the, Eagles are the most complete roster in football. And they won't win the whole thing because they have Jalen Hurts a quarterback. I, I just they're not gonna, he's not gonna outduel Bay. He's not gonna outduel Joe, Joe Burrow. He's not gonna outduel Patrick Mahomes. They're not winning the Super Bowl. He may not even get past the 49ers. He may, he might not. That defense is crazy. That's but my that, opinion. But that's to your point, though, they have the most complete roster. He don't have to outduel them. I agree. You you have to, you know, you play a, play a good game running the football, do things like that, right? I agree. That that stuff is incredibly important. And maybe he'll prove me wrong. Shit, I hope he does. Okay, another good black quarterback in the NFL. No, no you, don't. Do. you don't. You don't hope do. he proves you wrong. 
I'll lose me wrong. I don't care. My problem ain't really with him. What the team he plays for. But at the end of the day, that's not factoring into my criticism of Jalen Hurts. I've been saying about dude since he was in college before I knew where he'd end up. Man, you're treating him like Kiki Palmer when she was playing quarterback with Ice Cube. Like, this is different. This is not the same. Like, this is a good quarterback. Like, he developed himself into a good quarterback. I was looking it up. They said he worked with Tom Brady's passing coach. And it showed. Like, you see some throws on film where he's putting touch on it, zipping it in, leading guys where they're not even looking before they break out their route, hitting them on a dime. So it's not like this is something that isn't sustainable. Like, we we barely got to see the surface of what this kid can be. Like, he missed three games. He was 22 touchdown passes, six interceptions, 13 rushing touchdowns. His game, you can't even knock the, the rushing touchdowns and the rushing because that's a part of his arsenal. I agree. If you don't want to knock Lamar Jackson. You don't want to knock Josh Allen. You can't knock Jalen Hurts for – this being a part of his game, he's a QB. I, that's fair. That's fair. I I just think that with as good as that Eagles team is, if you put Daniel Jones in that team, you guys would be in the same position right now. Y'all still be in the same game. Y'all still be playing in the conference championship right now against Purdy. If you had Daniel Jones on that team right now, it'd be the same thing. And by the way, from what you saw from Daniel Jones this year, I don't really know what the argument is. You can't. I don't know how you can tell me that's not the case. I'm just like keep it stat. If, if Daniel Jones was taking that step back against the Bucks, maybe the Nets would have had a. Uh, NBA Finals by now. They would have won a couple years ago. Is that it? Is that what we're doing? We just put <laughs> Daniel Jones in different spots, and he's winning it regardless. You know damn well. You know damn well I'm right. Okay, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can play that with the Eagles right now and have that kind of success. I'm just gonna keep it stuck. I'm just being honest with you. All right, like what you're asking him to do, what you're he's asking him to do. Got other quarterback, but at the same time, yeah, there's there's systems out there that can breed success for more than just one quarterback. But we saw Minshew. He struggled against the Saints. If Jalen Hurts is there, I think they they blow them out. So it's a different – there's levels to this. Yeah, Minshew ain't – Minshew ain't – he's not part of the conversation. He's not, a, he's, not a, he's not a guy. He's not a guy we even have to talk about as a quarterback. Yeah, but then you look across the field now, and you got uh, the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irre- Irrelevant, is undefeated in his starts yeah. for a, a Super Bowl-caliber team where they were relying on their third overall pick. They traded three first-round picks for, he gets hurt. Jimmy G's still there. He's winning. And most people would say that he's an average to below-average quarterback, but he wins in this system. And then you put Purdy out there. It's the same thing. So, yeah, the system quarterback, it's an argument to be made. I don't think Jalen Hurts is that. I think – They've given him more opportunities to pass in this offense. Yeah, fault him for being athletic. But if that is not what I'm doing. You know it. You know it. <laughs> they, I am telling you when he is asked, when, it's going to happen. By the way, it's going to happen. We're going to get to see it. So this is going to yeah, look I hope so. Pathetic. I hope so. He's going to be put in a position where he has to make tight window throws all game. It, the running game is going to get shut down. They're going to have to start making throwing the football. It's going to happen. It might even happen this weekend. And we're going to see him have to deal with the adversity of having to make tight window throws over and over and over, deal with exotic blitzes over and over and over, being having to roll out to his right and left, which, by the way, he's horrible at, and make throws on the move. He got to do that. By the numbers, that, he's I bad. I saw that little clip. I saw that little stat you sent, the 37%. It's we don't bad. This is the playoffs, man. You saw what he did last year, last week. Against, me, against, against our sorry-ass defense? Okay. <laughs> Looking at it, who y'all – I think I know the answer to this. Who wins that game, though? That's a, a really good matchup. That 49ers defense is elite. But then you got to look at the 49ers with their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Not Purdy against that Eagles defense, that might not look too hot. Who wins this game? I think the Niners are going to win the game for one reason. I'm thinking about it. it it's Jalen only Hurts. for one reason. It's, Jalen it's, Hurts, y'all. It's, not, it's, not, it's, not Jalen, it's actually not Jalen Hurts. It's not. It's because the Eagles have been susceptible to giving, giving up yards on the ground all year. They had, that's actually the one weakness they have. You run, you run their pass rushers, you have some success. And the 49ers have the greatest run scheme probably ever of any football team that's ever existed. Kyle Shanahan, the genius, with run, drawing up run plays. CMC, getting all those guys out there. Um, Eli Mitchell. So I think they're going to run the ball a ton in that game. They're going to run the ball a lot and force them to have to guard them on the ground and get real physical in the trenches. 
I think that's where they're going to win the game. You're not going to see a whole lot of third and nine, third and 13, Purdy dropping back, having to make a play. They're going to be in third and shorts all day because they're going to run the ball well. So I, I think that's where they separate themselves. And then Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the world, right? Their line is incredible. So I just think they're going to be able to impose their will in the trenches, and that's why they'll eventually win the game. It'll be low scoring because their defense is going to hold up too. But I think their running game is why they're going to win the game because they're not going to ask Purdy to do anything more than do what he's been doing, which is managing the football game and not screwing it up. And I think he's done that well enough. He deserves credit for that. So I think that he, that's why they're going to win. And then you get to, on the other side of it, it might be it might be the opposite. Like I think that D line can get can can mess things up a bit. It, the old line of the Eagles is incredible, so it's hard to tell. But I you know it's hard to predict. But I just feel like that running game of the 49ers is the most. I trust that more than I trust anything else in this game. You know who I'm rocking with. Yo, you know. You know, yeah, everything everything black. Damn right. <laughs> Looking at the 49ers defense, right? Where do y'all rank? Because I was looking at it. They put up a stat. NFL was like how 49ers had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Now they got Brett Warner, and I can't think of the other linebacker, the other guy name, right? Where do y'all think he only been in the league for about four or five years? But in regards of so far his start, where is Fred Warner in the NFL? Is he Top linebacker, you got Rokon Smith up there. Is Fred Warner the best linebacker in the NFL? The one that I, that's the one that I've seen. I don't know about you, Miles. That's no, one he's I, the best that I've seen. I mean, he can cover, he can put pressure on you, and then he doesn't miss tackles. Like he was blowing up. That's the the one thing that I think they got to worry about for the the Eagles. I mean, they got to worry about a lot, but Fred Warner is the heart and soul. So, and it, uh, the guy's name is Drake Greenlaw. Uh, the other linebacker. Um, they, yeah, Fred, Fred is legit. Like he's ever since he came to the league, he's been a problem. Like he's bordering on, like maybe not Patrick Willis level because that dude was different. But like he's slightly a tier below him, which is Hall of Fame caliber right there. So, yo, he he's a big defensive back. That play where he chases down that seam route the other day, and I don't know. I think it was was a CD Lamb. I don't know who he's throwing it to. He actually had a wide open touchdown. He missed on that same play. Dak did. Um, but you know that's what happens when you throw the ball sixty times a game. You miss things. So you know, like more back to the main point. He's a big defensive back. He sprints across the field, gets there before the ball gets there. He's he has a bunch of plays like that, and he's good in run, good in the run game, good in his run fits, knows where to go. There's no hole in his game at all. So I don't know a better defensive back than that. And when you can cover that way and you have to go up against a great tight end like a Goddard this weekend, you just feel so comfortable. You feel so comfortable. You don't, you don't worry about it because you know that Goddard's not going to get anything easy in that game because he has, you have Fred Warner. So it just makes their life so easy as a, you know, as a defense. So I, I think he's, he's easily LB1 in the league. I don't think there's even a competition. Looking at it, you mentioned Joey B is interchangeable with Pat Mahomes. You could put him second, put him first. We got another Bengals cheese matchup. Joe Burrow, he didn't look too too crazy, but he won the game. It was snowing. It was crazy conditions. He made the plays that needed to play. Unlike Josh Allen, which if y'all want, we could talk about Josh. And we could talk about Dak. That's a conversation that we might need to have. Because yet another year with Josh not showing up. And Stefan Diggs, my boy, I see your frustration. I understand it. Before we talk about who wins this game, right? Y'all got a problem with how Eli Apple is uh, parading on Twitter? Yes. Yes. He sucks. He's not even good. He's not the reason why these guys are winning the game. I, I, I've never been a fan of the whole, like, big trash talking thing that, that that the athletes will do. I'm not a fan of that. That's not really my style, but it's less so my style. And I have more of a problem with it when you are not a good player. He's okay. He's okay. Eli Apple still makes mistakes. He's going to make a mistake in a big moment. Last year, Cooper Cup shredded him in the Super Bowl last year. And we're acting like, you know, people, he's acting like that didn't happen. His mom's out there parading around acting like that didn't happen. Very strange relationship they got there where she's, engaging in the trash talk on Twitter. Very weird, like very weird. 
Uh, you, you're supposed to be the, the mature one, and you're out here acting like a kid on Twitter, parading him around, talking trash, talking crazy on the, on the internet. Ain't no reason for all that. Conduct yourself like a, a like the, I don't know how old she is, but like the older woman you are, man. Like, relax. But it's just, it, it's, it, I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, they're there because they have Joe, Joe, they have Joe Burrow. They're there because they have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the reason why the Bengals are in this position. That game, he was incredible reading the blitzes, understanding his hot routes, getting the ball out quick, moving the chains, changing the play at the line of scrimmage. He was in complete control of that football game, complete control. And the difference in the quarterback level, quarterback play between him and Josh Allen, people would think he would be right here, like even neck and neck and even, but Joe Burrow completely outplayed him. I mean, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. He takes care of the football, still takes shots downfield, gets the ball to every receiver on a team. Everybody looks good catching the ball from him. There's not a single throw he can't make. That's a quarterback now. When you're talking about Jalen Hurts, this is a quarterback now. A guy who he makes all the throws. Ain't nothing he can't do. Reads all the defenses. I'm sorry. I know what we're doing. I'm, I'm comparing the white quarterback to the black quarterback saying that's a quarterback now. He comes off crazy. But it's just I'm telling you, but this dude, this dude played a position now. It's it's fun to watch him play. It really is. So Eli Apple talking crazy don't make no sense because it ain't about him. It ain't about you. You ain't you ain't Jalen Ramsey. You ain't nah. So I think that's crazy too with Eli Apple. He's been pretty much quiet all year. That's what I'm saying. And he looks like he looks like one of them characters from Ice Age, like that that little uh, <laughs> raccoon or whatever the hell it was. That's the thing I ain't like about it. Like, hey, talk your talk your stuff. Y'all won. But the thing is, he's like one of those front runners. He only talking when everything going well. And that's the thing I, I don't like. You got to talk to me when you just got you got flamed by Cooper Cup. I need I need you not to delete your Twitter. Don't <laughs> don't delete your Twitter and then hop back on when y'all win. Please don't do that. You got to right. take you got to give all that energy. That's where I want him traded. But I respect Pat Bev. Pat Bev when he was like Cancun on three today. I knew you were going to say that. They was under his comments like Cancun. He <laughs> he took it. He said, I, I can't dish it out and not take it in. Eli uh, when you were saying what you were just saying now, I was like, I'll in my head, I'm like, just be Pat Bev. Like, just be him. Like, have that irrational confidence to where you can get your ass kicked for 48 minutes and you still after the game talking, talking crazy. Like you, like you was going crazy, like you were doing something. Like, be that guy. I respect that guy more because it never stops. And I mean, the belief. You know what I'm saying? Like it's real. I respect, I respect Pat Bev more. Like even the Lakers game where he was going at with Dame. Dame was going off. This man said he pointed LeBron and said, "I brought him here to kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> Pat Bev know who he is. Oh my God! That's, he knows his role in things. There's self awareness in it for him. Facts. Complete self awareness. How you how you see this one going out, Miles? Are the are the Eagles going to see the Bengals or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Mm. Oh, I forgot you picked the Eagles. That's why you said that. Okay. I like the Chiefs. I know. I'm, I'm waiting for Chris to just pop on because you <laughs> probably heard me say that, but I still think Mahomes is like going to make this happen. I still feel, I have this weird feeling like, in spite of the injury, like he's going to gut it out and it's going to be like one of those like legacy type of games. Like, like the flu game or many other games where guys have been, you know, banged up or hurt and they just will their team to victory. So I know this team isn't as good as they were last year. They lost Tyreek Hill. So how could they? But like Mahomes is still Mahomes. He's been making it work. They still got Kelsey. And the Bengals didn't exactly look that great last week against the Ravens. So I'm just thinking, you know, you put a little pressure on uh, that Burrow kid and things can happen. Things can happen. So I like Mahomes. He's going to be the MVP and he could be the Super Bowl MVP because things ain't stopping over here. Miles, I think you're picking out of emotion, though. I'm going to keep it a stack. You're picking out of emotion because the last time that the Bengals played the Chiefs, Lou Amarillo, whatever his last name is, Amarillo, Amaruno, whatever his name is. I don't know his last name by heart. But that these, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals had, had his number. He was dropping eight in coverage. Mahomes didn't look that great. I think I saw a stat today that said he was like one, one of five on throws against when they dropped eight in coverage. Like he just wasn't that good when they did it. 
And that defensive coordinator had answers for him. So I think the Bengals are going to be ready, bro. This, this Bengals team, they're, they're a good team of destiny. It's a really good team top to bottom. There's not many holes, right? The quarterback's on a rookie contract, so they, they have the ability to be good in a lot of different places and spread the money around. To, I, I, don't, I don't see how they lose this game while keeping it a stack, especially with Mahomes being hobbled. Yeah, he's not going to be able to run around and do all those magic tricks he normally does out there at the same level with the ankle. So, I mean, maybe he feels better and he pulls one out. Mahomes certainly can. He's that good. You can say it's a coin flip game, but I think the Bengals are the better team and should win. They should win. I'm going to go with Mahomes, man. I I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback. Joe Burrow is definitely two. I like what I see from the Bengals. But I think Mahomes gets it back this year. And Mahomes gets in there. They got a little bit better running game than they had last year. So that should help, especially with Pat Mahomes being injured. And let's not forget, Joe Burrow had an ankle sprain too. So Joe Burrow is not going to be 100% in there. So give me Pat Mahomes, shootout, last possession type situation. Give me Pat Mahomes to get in there. I think the run – it ends now. Like the Bengals been on a hot run lately, but I think it's just the the Chiefs. Everything they've been through, MVP, like he said, no Tyreek Hill this year and has some of his best stats ever without Tyreek Hill, and nobody expected that. They thought it was gonna be a drop. Man is he's still the best quarterback, hands down. And Joe Burrow second. Josh Allen, where are we looking at with Josh Allen? Because this is yet again another year where Josh comes up short. It's, it's the whole season for him, right? It's, it was all leading up to this moment. It's all. Like, he had been, he'd been turning the ball over in the red zone all year, if you if were paying attention to the Bills at all. Brian Dayball leaving was a big deal for him, apparently, because he the, the level of ball security that he'd had before, it just, it just, wasn't, it just wasn't the same, obviously, when he, when he left. So, you know, there was a clear drop-off in his level of play at all and, and again I think a lot of what happened with Josh Allen too is he had a good season a really good season last year but that playoff game kind of immortalized him early you know against against uh Patrick Mahomes like we were really ready to jump a comp QB1 because he went head-to-head with Mahomes and you know we kind of forget that Mahomes had literally drove a team down the field in 10 seconds right now you got Tyreek but still 10 seconds to do that um and he's proving he doesn't need Tyreek to be that great so there's a, clearly a big gap between, you know, Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. There's a huge gap there. Um, and I think we're kind of seeing him come back down to earth. I think that's really what it is, too, a little bit. But he did say that the uh, injury suffered against the Jets, actually, Miles' Jets, where they sabotaged Josh Allen's career. Uh, <laughs> he's saying that that affected his throwing motion, and that's why he was throwing the ball low to Stephon Diggs and blah, blah, blah. We'll see if that holds up next year. And when he's healthy, let's see how he plays. And he's still hell of a quarterback, hell of a talent. Um, and one of the best quarterbacks in football, top five. But I think to co- put him in the top two conversation, is we have to put a curve. We have to put that to the curve for now. That ain't where he's at anymore in this whole thing. I think he's a good quarterback, great quarterback. The thing is, I don't see them ever winning a Super Bowl because you got Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes in that same – and Justin Herbert is coming up too. I don't, I don't see it. And the Bills, unlike the teams that we're mentioning, that's probably going to make it to the Super Bowl: Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles. What do they all have in common? They have a run game. They don't have their quarterback throwing sixty-five times. We said this at the beginning of the year. Uh, we did not care how well the Bills did. They do not run the ball. And in the playoffs, it was going to bite them in the butt. And what happened again? I think they had a total of like 14 rush attempts. Not winning that way. They'll be better next year when they sign Saquon. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, if they get Saquon, I'll take two first-round picks from them in a trade because the Giants aren't going to get nothing for him. We are, the GM's too good for that, too smart for that. So franchise tag them and – He'll get moved. If he's not a giant anymore, the Giants will get compensated handsomely for the fact that he's not a giant anymore. So I'm not really concerned about that. Sure. We can talk about it. If that dude won $20 million a year from me, you can have Saquon. Play that right now. I ain't giving him I ain't, yeah, I ain't giving him $16 million a year. Miles, how much would how, how much we pay Saquon? You the GM. How much would you pay him? 
What year is 52? What's that? What's that annual leave? That's like 13. That's what I'm saying. So Miles and I are aligned. <laughs> I'm not giving him no more than that. I'm not giving you four. I don't want to give you 14. Like you said, you, you said tough. it wasn't about the money. Yeah, it's tough to, you know, give him all that money just because one, yes, he's had what, 3,000 yard rushing seasons in his career, but he's also dealt with a, a lot of injuries, like a lot of major injuries. So running back is a tough position. Midway through the year, he kind of hit a wall, like you said in the group chat the other day. I mean, it's true. I traded him way before that. So thankfully, I did that because I saw the writing on the wall that he was running into. Um, I like I like Saquon, but that's a lot of money to give to a guy like that. And I mean, he's marketable, but let's see. Because we saw what happened with the Zeke contract. That's not ending up well. And he's only 27. So it's like mm-hmm. this guy's aging like like bananas right now. It's just by the end of the week, he's just done. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And what I'll say, and I, I said this in the chat, I'll say it here for people listening to this podcast, the reason why I am not okay with the Giants paying him $15, $16 million a year is really because he's not as effective as a, rece- as a receiver as people would think he is. You see him catch the ball in these drag routes sometimes and run and get to get big games, but he's not good. You can't just put him in the slot or like a Camara or even like with the screen game hasn't gotten going for the Giants yet. And that's more of a, a thing of the, the offensive line, but you can't put him in a slot like a Camara and have him just dice up a linebacker right on a route. And he's in a way. That route tree is very limited with Saquon. Not, yeah. He doesn't run good routes. He just doesn't run good routes. And so because of that, I can't, I can't pay him that kind of money. He also drops. He has a thing where he drops the ball. I've watched him his entire career. He drops inexplicable passes, and it's really annoying as a as a fan and someone who roots for that foot for the Giants. It's tough to watch him when he goes out there in the flat and drops a pass that someone puts right on him. It's really frustrating. So I, I don't, I can't pay him that kind of money. He doesn't deserve that kind of money. He does. He has like you know what I mean. Like the injuries are piled up. He he get he he really went out there and stated his own case against himself in the press conference after the game saying i'm not trying to reset the market i understand i've been injured he said all those things and then of course his agent's trying to do good damage control so now his agent's leaking all this stuff out there oh well he wants cmc money he wants 16 or else he's out you know what i mean oh he would be and i saw another one where it's like oh he'd be pissed off if the giants franchise tagged him sorry look you're gonna work with us or you're not all right but i promise you, you'll make more money being a giant than you will being a, a buffalo bill there's more money being here all right. And it's more lucrative winning here than it is winning with the Bills or winning anywhere else, winning in Baltimore. It's more it's better here. And I think Saquon knows that. So it's something will work out. I think he'll get a long term deal, but it'll be around 13, 13.5 million dollars annually a year. Something in that range. I'd be surprised if it was more than that. How much you paying Danny Dons? Yeah, this, this is the fun conversation. This is the real 35, conversation. Thirty five, thirty five a year. Flat. Flat. Thirty five. flat. I, I, I think maybe not I think, that much, but like. I'd be willing to pay him 30. Well, the friend attack 31 or 32, so you're going to have to pay him more than that. That's just the reality. If he, he might take less because he wants to be here um, and he loves being working with Dayball, maybe he does. I, and maybe he does take 30. But I'm willing to pay him anywhere from, like, I, I would say, I would say 30, 32 to $38 million a year. I'm willing to pay can, him more money. He can technically sign anywhere he wants because you guys – declined his fifth year, right? Oh, they have the franchise in the back pocket, though. And you know they're saving it for him, not Saquon. You know they're saving it for him. He's the priority. He's the quarterback that's the priority, right? So yeah. I, I think, yeah, so he, he can't really go and go sign anywhere. The franchise tag is a big leverage, leveraging and negotiating tool they have in their back pocket. So I think he'll end up being a giant for around 30, 35, 36, maybe $37 million a year. And I think they'll give him a long-term deal. I think they like him a lot. I think people are trying to overthink and reinvent the wheel. If you watch the Giants this year, you watch the body language of the guys who were around Daniel Jones this year, the way Debo interacted with them, the way Shane, Joe Shane has publicly shown that guy a lot of love in the locker room after games, hugging him like he's his own kid and all that stuff after wins. That guy's, Daniel Jones is about to get paid and it's going to be a long-term deal and they're going to show you they believe in him and they're going to sign him to a deal that's team-friendly because if you think about the cap, it's going to keep going up. You give Daniel Jones $38 million a year, I promise you, in two years, that's going to look like a great contract in comparison to what Joe Burrow's about to get. Joe Burrow's going to get $50 million a year. J- just, Justin Herbert about to get $50 million a year. Justin Herbert ain't even won a playoff game. 
He might get $50 million a year. At least Daniel Jones won a playoff game, right? I am willing to pay Daniel Jones that money because I know that down the lines will be a very team-friendly deal for the Giants and they'll be able, to be, able to be able to build a really good team around that contract. You'll be able to manipulate the contract, right? Sign them long-term now when the, when the, when the, when the value isn't super high because Daniel Jones next year will probably have a really good year. If you wait too long until it's time to do a long-term deal, if you get him wide receiver one, he might blow up. It's a good chance he blows up. So I don't want to pay him later and have to pay him 45, 50. I'll pay him my 38 now. Pay him 40. I don't care. Pay him $40 million. I won't be mad. I know where this is going. The Rockets going up on Daniel Jones. His price went up. It's not your money. Yes. You can say that. America got bread. I ain't worried. We, we ain't the Bengals. We ain't reusing jock straps over here. Okay? If anything, they <laughs> over here had to sharing jock straps on the team for practice, recycling them. So you're going to tell me, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pay Joe Burrow $50 million a year? They recycled. That's a real thing. They recycled jock straps. That really happened. Yo, my man Chris should be worried. He should be really worried about that Joe Burrow negotiation because they're going to they gonna lowball that man. That The owner, Mac Brown, whatever his name is of, of the Bengals, my man, he would rather y'all be cold, freeze your balls off at practice, than put a roof over your head. He ain't, got, he ain't about to break the bank for, for Joe Burrow. And if he does, that team will be cap forever, okay? The losing T. Higgins is going to fall apart. This is why it's his year. It's his year to win the Super Bowl now because the Bengals, man, we're going to be right back to reshare. The minute they, if they pay Joe Burrow $50 million a year, they're going to be resharing jock straps. They're going to be resharing cups. They're going to be sharing all that. I'm telling you, guys, going, you guys only have one urinal for all you. And you got to take shits in urinals. That's where we're going to be at. <laughs> okay, they're going to see, save them money over there. Oh, my goodness. Another one of your players wants to get paid and paid royally. Kyrie Irving wants a four-year, it's rumored, four-year, $200 million contract at the end of this season. Do either y'all give Kyrie $50 million a year? I mean, it doesn't seem that bad if you can get off the Ben's contract, but um, at the same time, he hasn't been that trustworthy to be able to get like $50 million a year for four years, even though he's playing really good. He's playing really good right now. But uh, $50 million a year? Damn. He's not even a good number one on a team. So if I'm paying him to be like Robin at $200 million, I mean, look at Philly. They paid Tobias Harris, and he's—I don't even know—is he a three at this point? Uh, he's a four. Jeez. All right, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I, even, I was with you until you said Tobias Harris. Like what? I was trying to use that as context. As you got to be careful with what you do with your money. I agree. I agree. But the the problem with Kyrie is not about um, it's not about. The on-court play is not that's not that's not the question we're asking about Kyrie Irving. The question we're asking is, yo, are you gonna show up? That's it. Are you coming? Because if you if you're showing up to work, I, I can stomach paying you 50 million dollars a year, even though I have my own personal, as Antonio knows, I have my own personal criticisms of Kyrie's game. I do, I definitely do, but I know that Kyrie and Katie want to play together. I'm not foolish. So if we're being really, really logical about that, and we know that Katie's is here. He's stuck here for the next five, four years, four years, three years, four, you know, three or four years. So yeah, I'm sure you're going to have to try to work something out with Kyrie, right? I'm sure you want to do that. I'm sure KD wants you to do that. That matters, right? So I'm sure he gets his money. I think he's going to get it, but it's about his availability down the stretch of this season. It's about not having any more incidents, right? Don't, I, I don't, whatever, like just nothing up the court can happen. I need you to be here, play the rest of the season, play hard and have a good, have a good, nice long playoff run. Don't lose in the first round again, right? Don't get bounced out again. You do that, they're less likely to pay you. I just think that's the reality of it. So, I, I think it does work out, but it's about the team success of the Nets, which is why I think Sean Marks is going to go all in, at the, all in at the trade deadline to get some pretty big pieces for them to really make a run and be better. Because I think that he understands what's at stake this off season um, with how he builds the team moving forward, right? He, he, but who, who's who's up there for y'all to trade though? Ben, ben has not – we don't know what's going on with Ben. Right. Oh, y'all need – y'all going to keep Nick Claxton. Yep, no, Everybody no. want Nick Claxton, but y'all going to keep Nick Claxton. Right. So who's the next best piece that the Nets have to try to trade to get something? I think, 
Yeah, I think the Nets have three big pieces they can trade, maybe even four. I think they can trade Cam Thomas, who's a young, promising player that I'm sure teams are going to be interested in. He he doesn't fit on the Nets. And and I, I hear a lot of people complain. I've seen TikToks about, oh, why isn't Cam Thomas playing? He should be playing. Jack Vaughn's an idiot. No, he's not. Cam Thomas does not fit what the Nets are trying to do on offense. He wants to just hit this, to be out there dribbling, 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 dribbling. He doesn't take open threes. I, I, I see players like this all the time. They don't take open shots. They like to dribble into harder shots because they want to ISO and they just love to dribble, right? That's who Cam is. He likes to he likes to bake out there, right? So that's not a fit for what winning about what a winning battle team wants to do. It's not going to work. He can go to Detroit and go dribble his life away. It's fine, right? But he can't do that here. So I think that's the big thing. I think he's a big piece. I think teams like him a lot. Um, I think they can also leverage Ben Simmons in some some conversations depending on the return you're going to get. Is he's worth talking about at this point? Um, who else would I trade? Oh, Joe Harris and Seth Curry, two guys I'm willing to trade, and Patty Mills. So five guys I just named you can trade on that team, right, um, to get a pretty decent return. And that still have their own first-round picks in 2027, 2028. They, they also have Philly's first-round pick as well. That was the, they got in a trade um, for the uh, for Ben Simmons. So they have, they have ammo to make a deal and make a good deal, right? So um, they'll be involved. And I think out there, guys that you could look at, Nas Reed, uh, Mo Bamba, not nothing crazy, but isn't really gonna help the team. Now it's really be a great fit on this team. So would Mo Bamba. Um, boy, boy got Bandadovich. I'm, you know, we could talk about it, right? We could talk about him. He'd be a great fit here. Um, so there's a lot of different targets to the Nets to make him better. And if Kuzma's on the table, well, I think I think Kuzma's not gonna be traded. I think the Wizards are gonna really be serious about him because they wouldn't trade Hachimura if they weren't serious about Kuzma. Hey, I said it in the chat. To me, I could be wrong. And y'all call me out on this. And when y'all see this, y'all can call me out. But I think Kuz has been more impactful this season than Bradley Bill has. Sure. Yeah. No debate. No debate. And it, it's looking like, it, it looks like a situation again where we talk about respectfully, single dimension players, the Bills, the Levines of the world, that all you really can do for me is score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we talked about it. Hey, the Carusos of the world, the Kuzmas of the world are low-key more valuable than the Bills and the Levines of the world and the Anthony Edwards of the world and the Jalen Greens of the world. Those players, because Kuz is averaging around eight rebounds, five, like you're doing more than scoring. Mm-hmm. You bring more to the table to help the team out. Every team needs somebody that's a bucket getter. But think about that. Each team has like a bucket gear, right? But then there's still 12 other spots on the roster. It's, it's just, you can't, it's team construction and basketball. You just can't have multiple guys out there trying to score 30 points a game. Like you can't have three guys out there trying to do that. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't work that way. Someone else got to do, someone got to do dirty work. Someone's got to set you up. Someone's got to get rebounds. Someone's got to get, you know, just, just be, be around the ball making plays, right? Someone's got to be playmate for you. So it's just, you know, because of that, like Kuzma is a perfect fit for them. And Kuzma is a perfect fit for a lot of teams in the NBA right now. He's better than he was when he was with the Lakers. So for the guys who talk about, oh, they shouldn't trade a Kuzma. Well, they shouldn't trade a Kuzma for who they traded him for. Russell Westbrook was a horrible idea from the very beginning. But I understood why they traded him. He had some seasons where he, was a, he, was, he wasn't allowed to be this version of himself on that Lakers team. He's shooting in the corner all day. He's not making them in the playoffs. He's struggling. So you, 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 I see where the value is. He got a little devalued in them. But now where he's at as a player, no matter where he goes, he has to be this version of himself. And I think he's earned that right to be, you know, who's moves and a cook and be running out of pick and rolls and making plays. So um, I think he's definitely been more impactful than Beal. I think there's certainly a conversation to have about Beal and Levine. I think Beal and Levine are good um, secondary pieces on a championship team. That's what you want them to do. That's ideal. That's the ideal fit, which is why I think the Lakers would be a nice little fit for him because Brian can play make. You got Brian. So you're good. You got a point guard. You got the best point guard of all time. You got him, and then you just got AD, and you got Levine. You, you'll be cooking. Like, I think that's a really good fit on the Lakers because you're not asking him to do anything other than what he's good at. He's good at scoring. Go score. You're going to have to play some defense, though. We will talk about that. You want to win, play some defense. But I'll take my chances. You see Russ the other day? Last night, I'll take my chances, bro. Give me Levine. We'll walk out because the rest, this, this ain't working, man. This ain't working anymore. 
Russ is Russ is the front runner for six man of the year. What you mean? That's great. <laughs> go so go be that. Go do that somewhere else. <laughs> this it. This NLA is not working, bro. There was a possession. I you had an inbound. He, he threw the ball to the team, bro. No one moved, so he just threw it. He just like he said, "All right, f it. I'm throwing it in the air. Hope you guys get it." Like it's just too many plays like that. Or like he's like, or like LeBron wants the ball and he's like looking off LeBron and taking like a jump shot that clangs off the inside part of the glass. I'm like, bro, Russ. And, and, and he does a lot of good. He does do good. He does. But to win a championship, because in the playoffs, you can't play him, bro. In the playoffs, you can't play Russ. In a, in a tight game, those turnovers, bro, someone's going to try to kill him. Like, LeBron's going to kill him. He, he, he can't be on the team, bro. He can't be on the team in this situation. Miles, I want to get your, your viewpoint on this before we, we close out. Greg's talking about earning stuff and Kuzma earned to play this way. Do you feel that Bronny has earned his spot on the McDonald's All-Star all-star team. I like what you did there. Uh, I mean, like Bron said the other day, he was like, all I got to do is make a call and it'll happen. <laughs> Not even talking about the McDonald's thing, but talking about the colleges and recruitment and whatnot. Do I think he earned it? Yeah. I mean, he, he's been playing really good lately. Like he's finally in a position his senior year where he can not take over and you know go off because he's not at a school where and he doesn't play the game where he's trying to score 30 he's you know playing it the right way mm-hmm. um, that's why he, he's risen up the ranks like last year he was top 50 now he's in the top 30 and I mean each squad it's tough though because um Wiltshire from Jersey didn't make it. But that has nothing to do with Bronny, though. He's in the East. Everyone keeps telling me that. I'm like, yo, yo why is that? Bronny is not the part. Of, he's not the person we should be talking about. Then. But so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. It feels, it feels, it feels weird. I want to say there's a little nepotism going on, but uh, they do want to, you know, that legacy. They want to have that legacy of Bron. And then you know they're gonna have a graphic where he, if he has a breakaway dunk, they're gonna have Bronny, <laughs> and then it's gonna magically morph into LeBron dunking in the McDonald's game. So this is all <laughs> out the way they wanted it to. Bruh, I, I I I agree. Okay, I'm not naive to the fact that there could be some nepotism going on. I, I, I don't know, but I, I don't think nepotism, nepotism is the right term for this. But I, I yeah, I think that LeBron's status has certainly helped his son. I'd be a fool to tell you anything else. But I do think that kid is good enough to warrant this selection. I think that good the kid is good enough to warrant the college offers he has. And I think that more colleges would be in play for him if he if he had been open to going to those schools. I think any he can play for any college in the country. He's that good of a player. He is. Everything he does, the 45-inch vertical is, is icing. But then the ability to make the right play, 95% of the time. I wonder where he got that from. Oh, LeBron, right? He's just like LeBron in that sense. His ability to shoot, he's a far better shooter than his dad was, and he has to be smaller. But he's a far better shooter than his dad was. He's one of the best shooters in the country, right? And he's coming, and, and he's at the point guard position, and he plays defense, he locks up. Like, there's nothing the kid can't do. He reminds me of, like a, he reminds me of Drew Holiday. That's, when I watch him, I get a lot of Drew Holiday vibes from him. And so if you're telling me that Drew Holiday, light, can't be a McDonald's All-American, I'm going to tell you you're being foolish. That's what I'm going to tell you, because I think that kid is a really good basketball player, and I think he's earned it. He outplayed the number one point guard in the country at USC a couple weeks ago, and they won. He outplayed Isaiah Collier, I think his name is, and he's a McDonald's All-American. All right, so I think he's earned his keep. I think he's earned his keep. I think he's going to be a, a first-round pick, and I think he, it, you, can, you, you can warrant that based on what he does well. He's everything I love about basketball. So Me. If, his name, if his name was Noah James... He'd be, he, I think he'd still be a great player. He'd be ranked. He may not be ranked 30th in the country, sure, but he'd still be a great player and could end up in the NBA too. It'd be a different path. He, he benefits from being a James. He benefits from that. But that does not water down that kid's game and how good he is. That's what I'm saying. That's my argument. Like, he's still great. And for the people who tell me, oh, yeah, like, you know, well, he don't got, he don't average 30 points or, oh, look at this. Look at, look at, look at what Gilbert Arena's son is doing. He's, he has 50 points a game. I don't give it. 
you know I don't care about that. You know I don't. Scoring is not the most important thing about basketball. What Bronny does is more invaluable. Bronny wins. He wins games. He's a winner. I want to reward winners. So I am. I love this pick for the Amazon's All-American game because that kid plays basketball the right way. And that, that is a dying breed amongst kids right now, kids who play ball the right way. And he does that. So he deserves this election. I'm with it. I'm with it all the way. Tell me I'm wrong. How? <laughs> no, all I got to say is that you could say LeBron has no say in this, but him being LeBron's son and him being a senior and him being, you know, he's a top prospect. Even if he was in the top 40, they would find a way to put him in this game because of LeBron James. Like, LeBron would complain about it regardless if he didn't get picked for this game. And that would send waves. People would be like, oh, did, now you're having debates on every talk show. Like, should Bronny have been picked for the McDonald's game? Like, let's be real. This is, this is why he's here. He's a special talent. I'm not taking that away from him. Like he's gonna be in the NBA. We all know that. But at the same time, is he the top thirty, top five prospects in in his class? I, I personally think he's probably ranked. I think he's ranked too low. Me personally, that's my personal opinion about it. I think he's ranked too low. I think based on what he does, um, based on the situation he's playing in, he's playing in a situation where they're they value winning. And playing the right way, so you're not going to see him go out there and drop 40 points. But he could do that. He could definitely do the way he shoots the ball. He could definitely do that a lot. But he, that's not the what he's. That's not what's asked of him, and that's not the priority. The priority is winning basketball games, no matter what it looks like. And he's being taught to play basketball the right way. Sierra Canyon quietly puts out very good basketball players. All their guys impact the game in a good way. The Pip, Scotty Pippen's kid is good. Is a good player. He just you know, on a team where he's never going to play, but he's a, he's a good player. They they they've done a good job. There's a little you know. I'm not counting Zaire away because that that didn't look that didn't look promising. But <laughs> okay, but Bronny it looked does a good job. Amari Bailey's a good player, right? Like they've put out good talent. Uh, the kid went to the Grizzlies, who uh, he's been in now because injured. Zaire, I think Zaire Williams, I think his name is. He went. He he was a good player coming out. They they have a lineage. They they're doing something there. Um, and, and putting out good basketball players, especially especially their guards. So I I, I again I like the pick a lot. I get that it. It's fair to say Bron had a lot to do with it. I, I can, you can say that, but people are saying that, and they don't even watch high school basketball and don't watch this kid play. The kid's really good. He's really, really good. He's gonna be an NBA player. He's a first round pick. That's that's what I think. He's a one and done type guy. He can he can really be that guy. So, you know, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. Hey, you know somebody else that needs a first round pick? Imani Bates. I think Imani Bates will be a first round pick. Is he a top tier star talent? No, but you still can't teach six, eight, six, nine, 29 points straight off the dribble. That uh, you can't coach that. You can't, you can't teach that. So he's definitely, I think he just needed a, another opportunity in the right situation. He's there and he, he'll be a first round pick for sure. You already know the vibes though. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Sidebar, yeah, I know Stevie Wonder isn't blind, right? Uh, 